Hey, this is Ashley. Hey, this is Marcy. And this is School and Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. This week in Mentor Moment, I wanted to talk about the brain drain um, that happens on Black women in low-impact jobs. Even as a as an entrepreneur, I still work full time um, and love to work because I really believe in the value of working. I believe in the value of um, gainful employment. And I believe that women in general and black women in specifically, more specifically can love their work. Like I really believe in um, moving away from the mantra that like, you know, um, you know, the key to success lies in entrepreneurship or that that's the key to freedom. I think that you can have freedom, uh, freedom and autonomy and real engagement and drive real impact uh, in the sort of traditional, and I'm using air quotes here, working world. But I think that too often women um, find themselves um, in low impact jobs, um, jobs where they aren't making enough money, where they aren't having enough impact, where they feel like their work um, isn't value added or it is value added, but only to the client or customer, right? Like this idea that like, you don't feel valued by your organization. You love your clients, you love your customers, you love your students. You know that you're impacting their lives in meaningful ways, but your organization doesn't value you in the same way. You aren't compensated in the same way. You don't have the same visibility. And so one of the things that I've been really thinking about is the, the this idea of this brain drain um, uh, of black women in low impact jobs. Because what happens is you find yourself you know, in a job where um, you're not making enough money to perform afford professional development, like investing in a mentor, you're wasting your time and your expertise in a job that isn't serving you. Um, and like the whole world, your whole community, your whole service um, industry is waiting right on you to have real impact for your ideas to hit the market for um, things to be better and improved by the gifts and talents that you have, but you are stuck, <laughs> literally stuck in a job where you have such low impact. Um, and I know what you're afraid of. Like, I know that you're afraid that what if like you get out in the world and you actually have impact? Like, what does that mean for your life and career? Like, like you maybe are afraid that you will be held accountable for being great, that your potential is immense. And so you're lulling yourself into this comfortability, this comfort space of like, well, maybe I should just stay here. Maybe I should just shrink. Maybe I should just wait another year. Maybe it'll get better with time. Like you're lulling yourself into this, like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Meanwhile, like you're bleeding out. Right. And so what you're losing when you stay stuck in a low impact job is that you're losing your edge and you're losing your impact the creativity, the ideas, the innovation that you have in your mind, when you're working in a low impact job, it's literally sucking the life out of you. Or conversely, it's keeping all of your good ideas stuck in your head. You're, you're afraid to share them. You're afraid to let them out, that somebody might usurp them, that they might dismiss them, that they might disregard them or that they might steal them and make them their own, right? And so like, you're losing so much. You are losing so much when you stay stuck in a low impact job. And the hidden cost is immense because you're wasting thousands of dollars over time, less money for yourself, 
less money for your future retirement, less money for your legacy, right? You're losing so much money and you're losing so much impact by saying stuff. And you might think the cost is just, you know, a 2% raise if you, you know, would just make the next jump. But it's, but, but it's not just about the money. It's about the money because, you know, um, raises and promotions and new job, that, that money compounds over time. So it literally is about the money. But also one of the things that I'm continuously worried about, particularly for women who don't have mentors and who aren't being really thoughtful about the next steps in their career and making investments in the next steps in their career is the brain drain. The literal innovation and accountability and ideas and, and, and futuristic thinking that we lose from high achieving women when they stay stuck. So I implore you to not stay stuck. I implore you to schedule your mentor moment today. There's an opportunity for us to work together so that I can serve as your mentor um, and so that I can help you really be intentional about the next steps in your career. One of the key cornerstones of my mentorship is um, my career development roadmap, where I really help women walk through the steps of their career development um, in a methodical and systematic way to identify what they're good at, what they're not good at, what their values are, and how to leverage that, right? How to leverage what they're good at what they value to identify careers where they can have a real impact in the world. And I'm excited to help you with that too. So schedule your mentor moment today. Uh, it's a free 20 minute um, conversation and an opportunity for us to um, talk about um, what's going on right now with you, what's going on right now in your career and identify uh, how we can best work together to move you from where you are to where you wanna be. You can schedule your mentor moment at mentor-me.org. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-me.org. So next up is I digress. And this week we are talking trusting the process. I am generally a very trusting person. Um, in fact, my friends tease me about it um, <laughs> because I really think the best of people. And in general, like I believe what people tell me. Um, I love to surround myself with experts and people who are good at what they do. And I trust what they say about their work and about their experience. But sometimes it's hard to trust the process, especially if you haven't built that trust from the beginning. So listen as Marcy and I talk about the importance of trusting the process uh, what trusting the process means to us and how to balance trusting the process with taking risks. So Marcy, what does trusting the process mean to you? I think about trusting the process. I really think about there being this kind of universal way that things work out and knowing that in some way, shape or form, it's going to work out and that there is a process that you have to go through. There is, There are steps that you have to go through. There are things that have to happen across the course of an experience or across the course of your life that there has to be some reliance in and some trust in and knowing that there is a process and whether it is a good or bad process or it feels uncomfortable, that the process exists and that there is another side to the end of the process, whatever that is. Um, what about you? What does trusting the process mean to you? So it's like one of my least favorite cliches. It's right up there with it is what it is. Like I literally hate when people use cliches to like try to tell people like how the world works because I do believe in innovation. I believe in futuristic thinking and I believe in breaking the molds and I believe in like, you know, 
sometimes you have to break things to fix them, right? And so this idea of like trust the process or like it is what it is is kind of like makes me roll my eyes because I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, um, you know, we've always done it that way. That's just how it is. The, you know, where where's the innovation? Where's the equity? Where's the, you know, whatever in quote unquote trust in the process. But also, you know, <laughs> um, in a harmonious approach, I also am like, you know what, um, Ashley, you know, sometimes, like, I love what you said about like, built like, building trust or like trusting processes and systems. And there is sometimes like, um, th- a way things work out. Sometimes I think um, this reminds me of a, I think it's an MLK quote that he talks about, like, um, something about the arc always bending toward justice or something like that. And this idea that like things work out in the end, I don't know. I I really struggle with what it means because sometimes I feel like it's a pacifier for injustice and inequity and quite frankly, bullshit. But then I also like understand that sometimes you need to like inhale, exhale, breathe and like just let, let it flow. Like let it happen. Let it, let trust the process. Um, And the, the, there's not a lot of harmony, right? There's not a lot of harmony in the two of those for me at, at certain points in my life. Um, and I think the last time that I've had to trust the process, uh, right now, well, right now I'm having to trust the process. So I, um, I'm, I'm working on a new, like, sort of framework and, and, and platform for uh, Mentor Me. Um, I'm really excited about it and I'm absolutely bringing y'all along uh, on it. Um, And it's different than some of the things that I've done before in mentoring um, and the way that I promote my business and talk about my business. And that's challenging for me. Um, And, you know, I've been told, you know, trust the process, trust the process. And (laughs) again, that's challenging for me because, why is it challenging for me? It's challenging for me because... um, I, I trust where I've built trust. Like I'm a pretty trusting person, but I also, my trust is like supersized when I've had the opportunity to build trust. And my, my trust is supersized when I've done it and it's worked well. So like when I do something and it works well, then it builds a little trust and I can do it again and do it again, you know, whatever. And so like being told to do something and then not being able to provide, like not being provided direction and support in that makes it hard for me to build trust. Um, and so I think that that's, that's the most recent time that I've had to like build trust, which is right now. And that's been challenging for me. What about you? Like, when's the last time you had to quote unquote, trust the process? Oh, child, 2020 has been a whole trusting the process experience, um, particularly when it just comes to building a business in the middle of a pandemic. But what you said earlier about, um, the uh, MLK quote. The one that I think of when I think of trusting the process is you don't have to see the entire staircase, just take the first step in faith. That's a paraphrase of it. But that is what I think of um, throughout this entire year that I've been growing this business. It's just that there are things and there are skills and there are lessons learned and there are mentors and there are people who can give you guidance and wisdom. And even with putting all of those things into place, 
there's still a process that you have to trust. Like you can build the best websites and you can put out the best marketing promos and all of the social media content. At the end of the day, there's still trusting the process that the people will come. Like there's trusting the process that you'll be able to find success in those efforts. And so um, this entire experience of growing this business has been a, a trust process for me. And, and even in thinking about like, what it takes to go through the process. I don't believe that it's a, a balance of taking risk um, and action with trusting the process. I think that the action and the risk is a part of trusting the process. I think it's extremely risky to say, you know what, I'm gonna do this and I believe that it's gonna work out and I'm gonna trust that it's gonna be good on the other side and that some Thing is going to come from it. So there's so much risk in that. And in order for the process to get started, in order for there to be a process, action has to be taken. And if we don't take action, like I don't think that the, the stagnation is trusting the process. I don't believe that, um, even though I do encourage and believe that there are some stillness-based practices and there is some kind of like stepping back and stop struggling with things in order for the process to activate. I do think that there are, even in that, that's an action that's being taken. Like sometimes the action is to remove yourself and stop and slow down as opposed to um, stressing and fighting and struggling to get through it. But all of that is a part of trusting the process. Um, so how do you balance that, Ashley? Like, how do you balance trusting the process with taking risk and immediate action? You know, I think that it's, you're right. It's not about balance. Like I, like with so many things, um, I think it's more about harmony because it's not like, okay, yesterday I trust the process today. I need to take a risk yesterday. Like, you know, it's not like that. You need to be more evaluative. Like you need to like, look at the situation and say, is this a time when I really need to tr trust the process? Or is this a time when I need to, you know, take a leap of faith? Right. Um, and I think, on some things, like, you don't need to trust the process. I mean, like, so here's an example. Like, if you, like, if if common knowledge is like, if you apply for jobs, you'll get a job, right? And you've been applying for jobs for three months and you've not gotten a job. I don't think that's the time where you need to be like, well, just trust the process. It'll work out in the end. No, girl, you need some help. Like, you need some help. You need some new strategies. You need to be more intentional. You need to, like, figure it out, right? And so I think that, like, um, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result and yelling, I'm trusting the process. Like, no, you need to infuse some, some additional like um, strategies, right? So, and I think for me, taking immediate action is like, if I know a solution, I'm not gonna dawdle. Right. Like if if there is a solution out there, if I trust the solution, I'm not going to trust the process. I'm going to trust the solution and I'm going to take immediate action on the solution. So I think that that's the difference. And um, I'd be interested in our listeners feedback about that. Like if you feel like you often find yourself like, no, I'm going to trust the process. Or if you like, no, I'm going to trust the solution and I'm going to take action. Um, and one of the things, though, <laughs> I wish everybody would trust the process on is therapy, not with every therapist, but I do believe in the power of the therapeutic process. I believe in talking to people about things that are challenging, whether it's a therapist or not, quite frankly. And I believe in like um, showing up super vulnerable and telling the truth um, because I think it's transformative. And so, yeah, so I think like those are like, 
I guess it's like two or three things that I like really wish everybody would trust the process on. Like that everybody would trust the process of the therapeutic process. I wish that everybody would trust the truth, like trust the process of like showing up in vulnerability. And I wish that everybody would trust the process of telling the truth, telling themselves the truth first. Um, Cause I think that at least for in my life has been transformative. Um, and it's a practice that I wish more people would employ. So uh digress for us marcy what's something that you wish everyone would trust the process on that is such a good question because i have a hard time um speaking in like over generalization so i'm not sure of what everyone needs to trust the process on but i guess i would say whatever your individual struggle is right now that you're having and trusting whatever you're trying to work through or whatever is going on particularly when it comes to dealing with emotions. So there's a lot of grief that we're experiencing right now. And while I don't believe kind of like what you're saying earlier about cliches of time heals all wounds, I do think that there is a process of going through grief and going through loss and going through change that if you're able to tap into some of these resources that we talked about, you'll be able to get to the other side of it, um, whatever that other side looks like, and being able to trust that you can get through whatever those difficult emotions are, or whatever those difficult challenges are, I think it's something that I wish everyone would, I think it's something that I wish everyone would honor and respect. And even when I think about, so now that I talk about it, I think that this pandemic, this process of us withdrawing so that we can show up next year or next two years whenever we're done with all of this so we can show up differently i wish everyone would trust that process as well like go home stay in the house wear your mask like whatever it is that you need to do to get through this pandemic do that and trust that there is something about this process that we could all benefit from that is something that i wish everyone would trust the process on yeah, and I, I think that's a hard thing to trust a process on because it's a group project and our partners are raggedy. <laughs> and we digress. So next up is All Black Everything. Marcy, what do you have for us this week? So this week in All Black Everything, we're just really quickly going to highlight the versus battle that happened um, last week as of the time y'all listened to this. So on Thursday, November 19th, we had a historic versus battle. I want to say that it was the biggest one. Um, it reached a million people within like the first 30 minutes or something like that. Of course, they were on the most like disrespectful CP time. They did not start until like 845. Um, it was actually quite rude but they also ended at like 10 30 and it was the quickest verses that i've seen i think that honestly it went so quickly because people were quite afraid that some guns were going to pop off because there were some tense heated moments in the midst of this battle um but team gz forever like snowman most definitely i've got my entire life from like 2005, the whole like 2000 to 2009 genre, that is what I was experiencing the whole time. Um, it, it's also so much fun. I think I've talked about this with some of the versus battles in the past. It's just like connecting with people and like sending memes and spending time with your friends. If y'all have the technology capabilities, please throw it onto your TV so that you can have your group chats open off to the side and you could be scrolling through Twitter and such because it's such a fun, just like community building activity. But it also kind of speaks to like 
healing and holding grudges and things that need to be changed in life like there was definitely some tension and it was not the kind of tension between brandy and monica like they had some tension but this was like hood people tension <laughs> and i don't know the whole story i was telling ashley like i don't get into all the details i don't know who killed who, who shot up whose cars, who was doing self-defense or who was protecting themselves and all these other things. But I'm just like, y'all need therapy. Get the therapy to process through whatever we need to process through. Um, they did have a little come to Jesus meeting at the end, which was appreciated. And um, they had their little moment. So I don't know what the future for Jeezy and Gucci hold, but it was an intense ordeal, the night of the versus battle. Ashley, I know you said you didn't get to watch, but did you hear all the fun things that happened? <laughs> listen, listen, it's Team Jeezy over here, snowman forever. Burr. Um, and yeah, like I I didn't watch live, but I I like you love a good Twitter meme. I just I just want them to reconcile and you know, I just hope that at the end of the day, Jenny Mai is happy. So Salah and Keisha is happy. Like that's, I mean, you know, them, them, them gonna be all right. I'm how is Keisha and Jenny doing? Like that's what I'm here for. I don't. <laughs> but it's definitely Team Jeezy. I mean, like the the club would go up. Okay, I don't even. I don't know if I can name a Gucci song, but Team Jeezy over here forever. Well, here's the thing with that. I thought the same thing. Like, I can name several Jeezy songs, but then when Gucci would start playing these songs, I was like, oh, that's Gucci? I didn't realize that it was him. So he has lots of songs that I think that if you went back and played the playlist, you'd be like, oh, okay, I really like this, but still, Team Jeezy all day. So that's okay. all <laughs> I feel like a lot of people felt like that with Brandy and Monica. People were like, Monica, uh, Brandy, or they were like, Monica got songs? Do Monica got songs? But then when they were here, I'm like, oh, that's Monica? Like, you know, it's just a thing, I guess, like a generational thing. But yes, I'm definitely, you know, it's the weekend, baby. So it's time. Well, by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be the middle of the week. But, uh, you know, it's 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 time to turn up anyway in the house. But yeah, I'm definitely going to be listening. Um, and we can't leave this week's episode without doing a little bit of TVT. And we are caught up on Grace. We, uh, we are caught up on Grace and we are stressed because um Meredith is going through the entire episode Marcy I was like is she okay before the meltdown like like her skin she looked sick she looked pale I'm like is this good acting or good makeup or is she not well um and and then like Hunt and um old girl like I absolutely agree with him like I like what like you can't tell me oh I was just messed up oh, I was just hurting like and then like want to talk to me about, I don't have anything to say to you. Like that messed me up. Like I was not, when that scene happened, that's when I, I was like, I was recording on my phone on IG stories. So I was like, I am not okay. And then Mayor passed off, passed out. And I was like, I am not okay. And then when Derek showed up, I was screaming, I am not okay. I am not okay. <laughs> talk to me about how you process this week's or the most recent episodes of Grace. There was just so much. Like you're talking about at the end of two hours. Bruh, can we just start from the beginning? <laughs> like there was so much. First of all, and I think we talked about this with This Is Us, this whole um, 
having these shows take place during the pandemic, that is so hard to watch, but I really appreciate it. Like I have a lot of friends who are in the medical field. So I really appreciated just seeing a little glimpse of what their life might be like um, being shown on TV. So that was really special. But also like the whole flashing back and then bringing it forward, the Jackson and Joe situation, y'all could have kept every single moment of that uninterested first of all do not approach him like he is a, a escort because he's that not was so disgusting I was like how could she and then he was like low-key flattered then she slobbered in his mouth I mean the whole thing that they should have oh my god so gross I was definitely like y'all just could have kept that entire thing um and then just everything with Bailey and just oh Catherine and Richard so I just love them I know it's a, it's a problematic relationship, but I'm going to tell y'all. She is so freaking mean. She is very mean. And I appreciate that they can speak to that hardness and then also show her be soft. Because I think that that is very healing for a lot of Black women, especially in those positions of power. Like, there are some mean, like, I love y'all to death, but some of y'all are mean <laughs> and some of and y'all all still deserve and need love. So I appreciate them showing that as well. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for Grays and I don't know how I've stuck around for this many seasons, but I'm still in on the ride on this emotional roller coaster and I will be here for a while. And it crazy how like we ain't going nowhere. <laughs> we ain't going nowhere though. <laughs> nowhere. We ain't going nowhere. <laughs> um, no, yeah, this this episode was it was a ro- emotional roller coaster, but I'm locked in. I got this. The it's recorded on Xfinity, so we here. Um, and that wraps up this week's episode of School on Life. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. School's out. Class dismissed.